Well, hello everyone. Thank you for joining us today, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on any of the major podcast platforms. Whichever you're doing, we're encouraging you to always hit subscribe to make sure that you never miss an episode. Um, we do put out weekly episodes for you so that you can have the best resources available as soon as we get them. So today, as you can see, I'm joined by our children's pastor, Sarah Sosa. Um, we love Sarah. She's pretty awesome at what she does, and she loves your kids, loves your families. Yes, and um, we're going to be talking about um, just kind of what we do on Sunday mornings for kids. Um, because we know there's a lot of different approaches to that. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of, and obviously there's been a lot of change in the last couple of <laughs> yes, years too. Um, yeah. Both with um, just things happening with COVID and also our church transitioning from uh, Vicky leading uh, children's ministry and then to you leading children's ministry. Mm -hmm. So um, let's kind of start with that. So where were things with kids on Sunday mornings, kind of prior to your arrival and prior to the pandemic, and what was kind of the trend? Yeah, okay. I mean, there's sort of a twofold answer to that. What, like, what was happening locally here mm -hmm. at Faith Covenant, and then what was happening, sort of, industry-wide, if you will, sure. children's ministry in general across the United States, and um, we, what uh, smart people who study these kinds of things were, were <laughs> seeing are researchers out there. Um, was that we had come like as a church, as a you know sort of a national church across denominations, had come through a church growth model, mm -hmm. um, where we were uh, doing attractional things, trying to get people to come to church, be excited about church, and that sort of um, moved children and youth ministry in the direction of more entertainment than um, than deep discipleship, because mm -hmm. we wanted everything to be fun. And we want your kids to love being here. And that's still true. We still want it to be fun. Yes. We still want your kids to love being we here. We want to engage them, whatever um, age they are. Yeah, but it, but it sort of stopped at that space. And it, and it really, and, um, and for a lot of reasons, probably ended up more like childcare than actual mm. ministry. Yeah. Um, and so people were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Early 2000s, uh, people were noticing this is not a helpful trend yeah. uh, for the church, for families. We recognize biblically that we're all called to be in this together. Our parents aren't supposed to free float out on their own trying to raise their kids, and the church isn't supposed to be raising people's kids without the help of parents. So it's it's everybody. It's the mm -hmm. grandparents, it's the parents, it's the larger church community all bringing this next generation up to know and love Jesus. And so we realized we weren't doing that well, and we weren't coming alongside families well. So that was a start of a shift. And then the pandemic hit, and it just kind of amplified everything. Like we really saw how important it was to redirect what we were doing with kids and families and we just noticed overloaded parents some parents feeling like yeah i get i'm supposed to be doing something about jesus <laughs> with my kids but I'm not quite sure what that looks like nobody did that with me mm -hmm. i don't know the bible very well I'm super busy like all of these pressures um sort of led to discipleship not happening at home um and for for lots of really good reasons so it's not like anyone's pointing a finger and saying shame on you that's not it at all it's just recognizing we could do better right for our kids and for the next generation and we really want for this generation of kids to grab onto who jesus is put their faith and trust in him now and hold on to it mm -hmm. like we don't want them to lose it in middle school or high school or college we want them to carry that faith forward and so that's where the new research is and that's where the new trends are trying to figure out how to do discipleship better mm -hmm. with kids and with families. Um, so that is impacting what we are doing here at Faith. Mm -hmm. And so previously at Faith and at many churches um, on Sunday mornings, 
the kind of model was that there's children's programming that's separate from the adults' pre programming during the worship service. Yes, simultaneous children's ministry for the full worship hour, all ages, mm -hmm. and often middle school ministry as well, and in some cases high school. Um, and and that's what I mean by sort of this drop-off mentality of, you know, um, we became it, Sunday morning became known as the most segregated hour of the yeah. morning. And as soon as families walked into the building, it was like, oh, your kids go here, 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 and here, and you go in there. And it wasn't ever a family worship experience. And we realized that was a big miss in terms of discipleship. And again, trying to build this lifelong faith in Jesus. We were sending kids the wrong message. We were sending teenagers the wrong message. I mean, it was just bad all the way around. It feels nice because as a parent, you're busy, right? Yeah. And especially if your kids are little and you're a working parent or a single mom um, or a single dad for that matter, um, and, and you've got young ones or, or just busy kids, um, there is something really beautiful about turning your kids over to trusted adults, knowing that they're going to get good content and good teaching, they're going to be loved, they're going to be safe, and you taking a breath in the sanctuary. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's the attraction of that model is yeah. like we can, we can provide this space for parents to sort of, oh, during the week. And not be distracted during right. worship and right. not wonder what other people are thinking about right. their kids. And the bummer about that then is, A, it's not biblical, sorry. Um, you know, like we, we would love it to be, but, but the truth is we're called to be all in. If you're a parent, you're all in all the time, 365 mm -hmm. days a year. That doesn't mean you can't get help and support and rest and breaks. And so that's, all of that's still important in trying to make it happen. Um, but, but our kids are having an experience that's totally separate from the rest of the church, never intersecting with the church, not intersecting with the sanctuary, so they don't learn the language of worship, so mm -hmm. to speak, and grow up. And then we wonder why as teenagers, they don't want to sit through a worship service. Well, it's not their space. Yeah. They, they don't know. You know? They're conditioned. And, so, and uh, it just, yeah, again, is a, a really hard dynamic. The great thing is kids are super, for the most part, super teachable. Um, when they're young and so you can help them get in the habit of what it looks like to be in worship and then what we communicate then when our kids are in worship is you are an important part of not just your family but the church family mm -hmm. um, and we really really want them to hear that because that's a big deal yeah yeah and so um, on Sunday mornings here at faith we do still have you know age separated times for kids right. to kind of so that parents can have stuff for them, um, but kids can also have separate content to them, but then we worship together. Yeah. Um, so for like the adults, we have our grow our classes. There's three different classes. There's a grandparenting, grand disciples class. Um, Pastor Brad and I are teaching a class right now. And then you have a parenting class. Yep. So there's content for parents, but then what's going on for kids on Sunday mornings that's separate from the parents? Yeah, okay, so when you look at I'm going to blow it out a little bit and mm -hmm. include Wednesday. Um, when you look at the discipleship model, there's different ways that you can come alongside kids in their growth and families. And so we have during the school year three possible touch points with kids. Mm -hmm. uh, the 9 a.m. grow hour, the 1030 worship service, and then Wednesday nights. Um, and each one is designed to accomplish a different thing. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, when we look at Sunday school or grow hour, um, on Sunday morning, that's really just foundational Bible stuff for our mm -hmm. elementary kids. It's just helping them know what is the story of Scripture and how am I a part of it? What does God say about me? Mm -hmm. You know, and whether they get whether they're here every week, which would be awesome, they'll get a fuller narrative if they mm -hmm. are. But even just hit or miss stories still hopefully will shape their understanding 
um, that, that there's something big that God's about mm-hmm. and we're a part of it. And, and that's what's happening at 9 a.m. At 9 a.m. Before 9 the worship yep. service. And there, so we've got elementary and preschool. The preschool ministry is learning more uh, thematically driven. They're, they're learning um, God made me, God loves me, and Jesus wants to be my friend forever. So every lesson is going to hit one or more of those three mm-hmm. themes. So our hope is by the time preschoolers roll into the elementary ministry, those themes are firm in them somehow, somewhere, just kind of hidden inside uh, their understanding of who they are in God at that point. And then we give this biblical foundation. And then when we hand them into middle school ministry, um, you know, our new youth director, Davey's going to build on that and help them have understand and develop their identity in Christ. And then into high school ministry, how do I bring my faith to my world? Um, and so they're really, I, I, most parents probably don't know and maybe, maybe don't care. I don't know. But there is an, an intentional spiritual um, discipleship plan. If we're fortunate enough to shepherd alongside of you, your kids from birth through graduation and even into college and beyond, um, there's something we're trying to foster uh, or nurture at every age and stage. And it's intentional. Um, and so the three ministries we are offering for children and families are meant to accomplish different pieces of that. So, mm-hmm. so we have that Sunday school and then the 1030 service is family worship. Again, your family, but the larger church family worshiping together for our elementary kids. We still have care for the full service for mm-hmm. nursery preschool. You're always welcome to bring your kids of any age into the service. Mm-hmm. So if you want to keep your babies with you, by all means do. And we have a lot um, of parents that do keep their we too. wee infants with them we do. In, the, in the service. We do. And we're learning how to do that well as a church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Vicki laid a really great foundation for that and some of the changes she made while she was leading this ministry. And I'm just like carrying the ball down the field, mm-hmm. you know, like hand off from her and, and we're going to keep going. Um, and it's just, it's exciting to me to watch the larger congregation enfold families mm, yeah. and get what that looks like and feels like. And parents, I know, like, especially if you've got wiggly kids or uh, busy kids, there's this sort of nervousness about, oh, people are going to think I'm a bad parent. My kid, <laughs> my kid won't sit still. You know, it's, are we a distraction? We shouldn't be in the sanctuary. And I want you to just kind of try as much as you can. Take those negative messages and, like, chuck them. <laughs> yeah. Just get rid of it. And, and I get it. Like, I, I get that you're nervous and, and it's hard. Uh, but what we're working to do is create this environment where all of that actually is welcome. And I know when I'm up on stage, whether I'm doing announcements or something else, um, I love looking out and seeing kids. Mm-hmm. I love seeing that they're busy. I also love when I'm sitting in worship and I hear kids respond mm-hmm. to different parts of the service, like actually answering questions or sending in a question for the Q&A yes. at the end. You know, yes. That kind of thing it shows me that they're they are in fact learning and absorbing that they're an important part and they can participate just like adults can and teenagers can and and that's stuff that is big and really really matters so sunday school that grow hour accomplishes the the bible narrative foundational stuff worship is a different piece of discipleship and then wednesday night is is the whole like if you don't know what you're doing as a parent we gotcha (laughs) we gotcha covered (laughs) just come We'll, we'll all learn how to do discipleship together. I'll mentor and show some things. Uh, your kids are going to get peer group experiences, which is part of what's attractive about Grow Hours, that they get to be in a classroom with the kids their age. They'll get that on Wednesday night. You'll get a family worship experience on Wednesday night. Um, and, uh, and parents, you'll be encouraged and equipped, and sometimes we'll just give you food and no content, and be, those nights are fun. 
Um, and, it, and that ministry is specifically designed to kind of broad brush stroke, um, provide all the components of discipleship. And so I want to give permission to families in this season of life, whatever that looks like to you, to, to take advantage of the resource that fits the best on any given week, mm-hmm. right? So if you're, if you know you're not doing a great job of Bible content at home, maybe focus on the girl hour for a while. Make that your thing to get to. If you know, yeah, we do a pretty good job of Bible stories and talking about God and that kind of thing, then then show up for worship. Make family worship the place that you want to grow and learn together. And if you're sitting at home going, I'm not really doing any of it, or I don't get it, or I didn't grow up with that, I don't know what I'm doing, I need help, um, or I just need camaraderie, I just want to know I'm not alone, Yeah. <laughs> yeah then make Wednesday night your thing and come on Wednesday nights. So you can kind of feel free to pick and choose. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anybody ever told you you could do that. So no. <laughs> you can do that. And it, and just because you pick one for now doesn't mean you have to like do that forever. Right. Right. As your kids grow and mature and have different capacity for different things, then shift and do something else. By the way, the Wednesday night ministry, um, it, it, it is partly things that we do here, but we're also equipping you by sending a great resource home. We'll show you how to use it. Uh, kids typically like it, these little handbooks that they're working in. Um, and the beauty of that is because you have that as a tool at home, if you don't make every Wednesday night, you still can keep, keep working up. with your kids and in their books and reading the stories and, and keep sort of moving forward. So you don't, you know, those of you who like your, your stickers for perfect attendance, by all means, <laughs> be here every Wednesday. That's the best of the best scenario. Mm-hmm. But we get life happens, yeah. snow flies, work days go late, people get sick. And if you can't make it, you know, on any given Wednesday, there, nobody is going to be shaming anybody for that. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. All kinds of grace. So uh, I just, um, I hope that families can, can kind of step back and look and say, what do we need most right now? Mm-hmm. Let's do that thing. Yeah. Right. And the parenting class on Sunday morning during the grow hour, right now we're just talking about 10 characteristics that help lead to lifelong faith in Christ. And having the conversation together with parents, and I'm leading it, uh, okay, well, so what are some things you can do at home to foster these characteristics? What can I be doing at church to foster those characteristics, and how can we support each other? So it's a great conversation, super casual conversation on how can we do this discipleship stuff better. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, I think we're going to follow that up with like a straight up like come hang out time. Like, yeah. <laughs> like not actually do a content or a curriculum, but just live a life together and share best, yeah. best ideas and worst moments and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. And with <laughs> so. all of these things, too, I think it's important that people know that if you miss the beginning of it, that doesn't mean mm-hmm. that you're like behind or that you can't catch up or that you have to wait until a certain yeah. point when we restart. Yeah. yeah. Jump on in at any point. It's not. Yeah. Well, We'll add people to the Wanted Together program through April. Yeah. I mean, honestly, <laughs> like it, something's better than nothing. And practice is the thing, right? So if you're trying family worship for the first time and, and it comes off the rails, keep trying. Come back and try again. If you need to leave the sanctuary to walk up and down the halls with your kids, well, walk down to the cafe um, because the what's happening in the sanctuary is on the TV screen down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can sit down there and your kids can, you know, be talkative and not disruptive and you know just <laughs> the church is here and you're going to talk direct to the camera the church is here to serve you that's that's what that's what i want to do i want to partner 
with our parents, with our grandparents, with our caregivers, whoever they are, and and figure this thing out together. And and that's that's what God wanted for us. Yeah. There's nothing in the Bible that says you're supposed to be a lone ranger. Yeah. Right? Like you go find Jesus and keep him to yourself and 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 navigate the whole thing by yourself. That is not in scripture anywhere. It's always people in community. God himself is in community, just being a triune God, three parts, right? All in one. And, you know, he created just one human being at the start and was like, that's not quite it. Yeah. And then we got two, you know, so right from the get go, it's been God's plan that people are in relationship with one another. Well, Jesus calls this out specifically, too, at some point, because at one point, in Jesus' ministry, kids are creating a distraction of some sort. Oh, yeah. We're not exactly sure what it is. And somebody's kind of trying to shoo the kids away. <laughs> and Jesus is like, no, yeah. bring them front and center. And he's and it's not just stern about it. He's angry. Yeah. Like if you look adamant. at the words, we, we tend to, if you ask anybody, like name a story where Jesus got angry in the Bible, they'll most likely talk about when he turned over the tables in the temple, the money changers and getting mad at how they were cheating people and being disrespectful. Um, for sure, that's what people think of. But he was as angry mm-hmm. in this moment when adults were trying to keep the kids from him. Um, and so, yeah, it's all over scripture, kids in the mix, um, and parents and grandparents, and the multi-generational um, aspect of uh, discipleship is threaded through the Old Testament and into the New Testament. The words that God gave to Moses, you know, basically telling people, take care of your own faith, mm-hmm. so then you can pass faith on to other people. Jesus quotes the, those very verses um, yeah. himself, right? So so this, there's no denying what God's blueprint is for families and faith formation. Yeah. It, it's, I just think most of us are unaware of it. Yeah. I happen to write my dissertation on it, so <laughs> I, I kind of know a little bit. But, um, you know, most people don't have to and don't need to do that, and that's why I'm getting paid for. Yeah. That's what I love doing is just being here and helping you feel better about what you're doing as parents and grandparents and figuring this thing out together. Mm-hmm. And so for families that are maybe concerned about, okay, how do I um, be in the worship service with my kids? Oh, yeah. How, what are some of the practical things that we do to help families enable that? Like, do we have things yep. for kids to do functionally with their hands? Yep, for sure. We know uh, some kids are busy. Some kids have other uh, challenges um, and maybe even some disabilities that make it uh, difficult or challenging for them to be incorporated into worship. First of all, I want to say anyone in our church has disabilities welcome in the sanctuary mm-hmm. and is part of the larger family of God. Yes. And we don't want to send the message that this space is for everyone except people who make noise. Yeah. Right. Or except people who can't sit still. Um, so really push push against that messaging if that's what you're feeling as a parent, um, because your kids should be in the sanctuary with us. At the same time, we get practically it's difficult sometimes. So we do offer little fidgets that are always at the kids' check-in desk that kids can take, one like a Rubik's Cube or something, just to play with. Um, there are some, um, also some sensory bags that are on little uh, posts uh, near the check, check-in desk uh, that kids can take in that have um, some Bible story sheets in them and uh, more things that they can keep busy with with their hands. Um, we also have noise-canceling headphones in kids' size. So if you have kids who tend to overload on sensory things or or they feel the sanctuary is too loud, you can grab those and borrow those for the morning. Um, And I always encourage parents, um, make it, have it, buy a a canvas bag or find a tote bag somewhere in your house 
and let your kids make their own bag. Mm -hmm. You know, my kids, when they were growing up, they each had a canvas bag. They decorated the outside of it. Uh, they had a sketchbook inside. They had their, at, you know, at the time, their favorite copy of the Bible, whether that was a storybook or an actual Bible, and their favorite writing implements, so colored pencils or markers or whatever. Um, and that was their bag for church, and they would bring it. And um, the, the deal I made with them was you can write, you can draw, you can create all you want while the service is happening. But because we're setting aside this time to be to, to specifically be in God's presence and to give him our attention and our love and our adoration, what you create has to be in that vein, right? Like yeah. it has to be something that is an offering almost to God. Um, and yeah, they made some really great stuff. Yeah. So feel free to make your own busy bag, you know, bring things that you know your kids would appreciate whether that's a stuffed animal or even a, a bag of Legos or whatever um, to help them get through the service. And again, if you need to get up and move around, you have permission to do that. Yeah. So you can walk, certainly you can walk around the back part of the sanctuary. There's space back there. If you need to sit on the floor with your kids, you could do that. Nobody's going to think that's weird. Um, if your kids need to pace a little bit, some kids just benefit from movement. You can do that and you can always go out into the, the lobby by the kids desk has a uh, a TV screen in it that's mm -hmm. broadcasting the service and then again down at the cafe we have that as well and so um, you have permission to do what you need to do to make it through with your kids and some of the special aids that we have to try to make it a little bit easier yeah and I just want to reiterate something that you said earlier too that um, when you're on stage speaking because I, I get to speak from the stage too whether it's mm -hmm. announcements or preaching um, I've I've never in all the times I've been on stage, I've never been distracted yeah. to a, like, I, I've sometimes noticed or heard that there are kids in the audience that are making noise or whatever, but it's never distracted me from what I'm doing. Yeah. And I've, when I've heard kids, I'm just like, great, kids are in the room. Yeah. Um, they're here, they're participating, or they're doing their own thing, <laughs> right, you know, right. which is which is right. also fine. Um, but they're here, and the family is together, yeah. and that's important. Yeah. Um, and so I just want uh, families to really know that, like those of us who are on stage, we are not thrown off. No, by I love it. it the kids, the yeah. the noises or the distractions that your yeah. kids may present. That's fine. That's that's part of the gig. We're happy that that's yeah. happening. Yeah, and and you you should know this is not just like Sarasota's decision for what we do with kids and families. This is a, a church staff. We, we've had multiple conversations about what we want to do around kids and discipleship and families and teens. Um, and so we're all, we're all in on this and, and it's, you know, something that we affirm together. And I love, I love that our kids will text in messages for Q and A. <laughs> yep. I think that's fantastic. There've been a couple of times when I, when sometimes when a child's question is, stuff. Oh yeah, as profound or more profound oh, yeah. than the adult questions. Here's the thing: so we we often underestimate kids. Oh yeah, and what they're taking in, and and often even in the sanctuary, they for all the life could look like they're not paying attention at all, but they are hearing and they're noticing what's going on around them, and it's filtering in at some level. And you know, we might be like, oh well, they can't understand what this message is about. Well, probably not. Not not in the way your adult mind can take yeah. it in and process it. But they are getting important messages um, that we don't want to overlook. And then the response comes when you least expect it. But one of my favorite stories of my son was 
you know, he was had a sketchbook and uh, we had seats uh, much like the ones here at Faith. And he would put the seat down and kneel on the floor and use the seat as like his desk. Mm-hmm. And so he'd have his sketch pad out. So his back is to the to the stage. Uh, and he's and so it looks like he's totally disengaged, yeah. right? Not paying attention. But I'm not kidding you. On any given Sunday, if, if the pastor said a joke, he'd laugh. If the pastor said, hey, look at the screens, he'd turn and look. Like he was absolutely multitasking, processing what was coming in while he was creating in his notebook. And, you know, again, my deal with him was it has to be God honoring. And at the time he was in a season where he loved to set up his Legos across <laughs> the room from each other, like these Lego people in line. And then he would like throw objects back and forth to try to knock them down. So you'd have like a Lego battle, yeah. right? This is our home. Our living room was yeah. always a Lego battlefield. And so, you know, knowing that was his season of life, we're in the sanctuary and he gets out his notepad and he starts to draw a row of stick people on one side and a row of stick people on the other side. I'm like, he's drawing a battle. Like <laughs> I told him this needs to be God honoring. So I'm like, I'm getting all worked up on the inside, wondering at what point do I squash his creativity, right? Yeah. <laughs> like as a parent, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm like, he's breaking the rules. But I something, Holy Spirit, maybe, I don't know, kind of restrained and I just kept watching. And then he drew one stick finger in the middle and then a plate with bread on it and a plate with a cup. And it's at that point that I realized he noticed it was a communion weekend. Oh, wow. And it was Jesus and his disciples for communion. That's, That's what he awesome. was drawing. And ki- like, what if I had squashed it? <laughs> you know, like, what if I'd been like, what are you doing? Just drawing Jesus, you know? Like, <laughs> I totally get it overreacted. And again, it's just that I didn't even really notice it was communion, to be honest, but he saw it when he came in yeah. the sanctuary. He saw the elements of the table. He knew what was going on. And, and I just, I just encourage and challenge you um, to, to don't underestimate your kids yeah. and what they can grab onto spiritually is um, significant. And yeah, there are plenty of times when they're not grabbing onto anything, yeah. right? Like I've taught many classes where I thought kids were tracking with me and a kid raises their hand and says something totally unrelated to what we're talking about. Yeah. So yes, their minds go everywhere. Um, but there are those moments. And I just want to say this. There's no junior Holy Spirit. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit is at work in the lives of our kids in the same way that the Holy Spirit's at, live, uh, at work in the lives of our teenagers and our adults. It's the same Holy Spirit mm-hmm. from God, right? And the beauty about kids is they don't have as much junk in the way. Yeah. You know, as we get into our teen years, the college years, adult years, like life kind of mucks things up and and we lose sort of this the ability to intuitively sense God, but kids have that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so their, their nearness to the movement of the Holy Spirit isn't as shrouded and um, obscured by other noises, so yeah. to speak. And so it, it's just, it's really beautiful to pay attention to what, what your kids are, are doing and thinking and learning and create a space where their questions are welcome. Um, man, you, you'll, you'll grow, you'll mm-hmm. grow yourself and you'll grow as a family for doing that and we benefit if we don't have kids in the sanctuary we're actually losing out yeah. as a church in my yeah. opinion when so. I grew up in a tradition where I mean it was in part the tradition of the actual church that I went to that the Sunday school hour for kids was before service and then kids were in the service and that was also just how my parents grew up too it was very Lutheran yeah. and like the kids sit here in the pews with us yes. um, but I know that even though I didn't 
always, or I didn't often, when I was really little, listen to everything the pastor was saying or fully comprehend it. I'm absolutely certain that that was absolutely a part of the foundation that was instilled in me. But also, even, even if I didn't pay attention at all, just being in there and seeing my parents yes. listen and my parents serve communion and be on the worship team and, and all the things that they did there, that made me see, okay, this is a priority. This yeah. is important. Being here matters because I see my parents do this every week. And yeah. if nothing else, I knew where they were at, yeah. even if I didn't absorb something from the message. Yeah. And that was a piece of feedback we got when we started when we created the Iwana Together program at Plymouth Covenant, where I served prior to being here, um, we did lots of inviting of feedback, right? We mm-hmm. wanted to know what was going well and what wasn't, what was clunky, what worked, because we were building a new ministry. And I, I wasn't interested in doing something that was wasting people's time, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, that's not helpful to you or for me. So I was always asking people, how's it going, how's it going, how's it going? And uh, we got strong feedback from parents and from kids that parents appreciated worshiping with their kids Mm -hmm. at Plymouth they had no other context for that and our kids said the same thing I love worshiping with my parents in particular I like worshiping with my dad Mm. Wow! and I thought that's powerful that's really powerful so again you're you're right it's you're soaking it all in and maybe you don't appreciate everything but you're getting sort of building blocks right for your spiritual language and if you're not at any young age, you miss all those building blocks. And then you get to high school and someone wants you to build something, but you don't have the materials for it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of the analogy. And, and as your cognitive ability grows and you get this abstract thinking thing going, um, coming into high school years, middle school, high school years, um, your depth of understanding comes. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that what happened before then doesn't matter. Right. right? It's, it's the basis for it. And, uh, and we really, really want kids to have this message that they're an important part of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Jesus thought so. Yeah. God thinks so. We think so. Um, and, and we, again, it's, it's a paradigm shift. It's not what families are used to. It's not what our culture is used to. And We're it's used not easy to in dropping case. our kids off for all kinds of things. Yeah. Sports, school, you know, ballet, um, Cub Scouts, you know, whatever yeah. it might be. We drop our kids off all the time in the care of other people. So this is a language we know very well. And then you come to church and now we've changed that on you and said, no, actually, you get to keep your kids with you. It's like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. What do I do with that? So just to say that I, I definitely have empathy for that and sensitivity to that. And just, again, invite you along for the journey, bumps, bruises and all. And, and talk with me. Talk with us. Mm-hmm. If, if something is keeping you from showing up as a family, I would love to know that because there may be a way that we can troubleshoot that there might be something more that we can do or something different I'm not promising but if you don't say anything we don't get a chance to try to fix or find something that will work in this challenging season that you're in Um, so that open conversation you know send me an email you know we'll set up a coffee or a cup of coffee or something something right yeah on a Sunday morning and uh, and be able to just kind of share that life piece together it's important and I think our parents coming out of the pandemic are just weary, just weary. Um, so I certainly understand that too. That's why, don't tell Pastor Brad, but I'm giving you permission to pick. Like the ultimate would be that you do all three things on a Sunday <laughs> or in a week, right? We would you love come, that. <laughs> come for uh, Sunday school, stay for worship, and then come back on Wednesday. That'd be the ultimate. Um, but we get 
probably you can't say yes to all of that. And maybe on any given week, even one might be a stretch. So again, look, look at what we're offering. Look at what you're able to accomplish at home and pick the thing that is most helpful uh, for your family for this mm -hmm. season. Well, any last thoughts that you want to share in this vein before we wrap up? Hmm. I'm trying to think. I don't a really wide-ranging conversation. <laughs> We're kind of all, a good one. Kind of all over the map, but I don't know. Just, just again to say, it's just so important. Our kids are so important, and um, I don't know. For those of you who like statistics, uh, it has been researched and researched and shown over and over again that the most um, impressionable window for creating a Christian worldview is between the ages of four and fourteen. Mm -hmm. Whole website about that four fourteen. Um, so between the ages of four and fourteen, that's our that's our sweet spot for kids, right? So that so that means that what we're doing in preschool ministry on up matters. Mm -hmm. um, and now we're getting uh, research from Barna and a few research and a couple of other organizations who specifically study Christian trends. That says that if our college young adult age people are going to walk away from their faith, it likely happens before age 18. Mm, yeah. So that's before we even cut them loose from the church. That concerns me. Yeah. Right? And, and to me, it's it feels a like us. it's an indicator of, of how we went through a season where we didn't do discipleship well. So we want to we wanna change that with you and for you and for your families so that our kids can take Jesus into their world. They're going to need him. They're just going to need him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyway, maybe that would be my final thought. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Pastor Sarah, for joining thank us. Thank you all for watching and listening. Yeah. As always, if you have any other topics that you want us to cover, um, my email address is in the comments uh, portion of the episode. So please let me know what you need to hear, what you want to hear, and uh, we can. Do, I can't promise I'll do it right away, um, but I'll do my best to kind of cover those things for you. So thanks yeah. for listening. Thanks for watching, and have a wonderful day. Yeah, thanks.